Okay, let's uh, call this meeting to order. Why don't we start with the approval of minutes? Uh, do we have a motion to approve the minutes? Ms. Robin, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes. Okay, and I will second that. Is there further discussion regarding the minutes? See, seeing none, uh, I, I guess we're both in favor, so we will uh, accept the minutes as is. Uh, are we, uh, do we have any public comment today, Devin? No registrants. Okay. Uh, we do not have any uh, public comment. Uh, any disclosures or refusals? Not looking like it. So let's move on to our first discussion item, the 2022 operating budget report. And maybe that's Janelle with her hand in the air, with her finger up. Going for two screens. Right. Oh, you can now you can hear me. I'm sorry for that. I do not know what my computer technology is doing today, but not doing the right things. Um, so uh Yes, so just thought we'd give you a little summary of what we presented and the budget subcommittee uh, approved when we met with them. Um, and to go through a, a quick PowerPoint presentation of what we're submitting in the 2022 budget. So just a reminder that um, we uh, have our target set by um, jointly by the city and the county, and often that might mean that we have a different scenario to uh, operate within uh, compared to city agencies or county agencies. This year, the city was asked to submit 5% reduction um, budgets, and the county was given cost to continue, so the agreement for public health was to give us a cost to conti continue budget. So uh, we are doing that. However, we will be making um, some supplemental requests that I'll get to in a minute. So essentially what this means is um, we are not presenting any changes to current programs. Um, our budget has been adjusted given increased costs in different areas that I think Millicent or Kate can answer some questions about. And the total levy contribution, our budget in 2022 will be uh, slightly over 22 million. Um, and the levy com contribution distributed amongst the city and the county is 15.3. So the rest of the funding comes from grants, uh, fees, um, and um, I think that basically wraps that up, right? So uh, we have submitted, we will be, Monday is our new deadline. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but Monday will be the deadline in which we need to actually push submit because that is the city deadline, even though the county deadline is not until later um, this summer and when those departments are um, required to submit their budgets. Next slide. Any questions, please ask questions if you have them. Um, so cost to continue, is that common? How commonly do you do that? And this cost to continue, that is not, it's not a normal number because I imagine we have extra funding with all the COVID stuff in the budget or Yes, so um, we have had the benefit of um, 
having a cost to continue target for the last couple years, even though uh, the city agencies have not always had that same target. So because there are different financial pictures for the city and the county, and because we sit in the middle, uh, this has been our norm recently, but I will tell you that for my first, I'm now in my 12th year, um, as within PHMDC, I would say for my first five years, we were asked for reduction targets where our budget shrunk and we were able to accomplish those targets by basically eliminating vacant positions because our, so much of our, um, uh, you know, over 84% of our budget is made up of, uh, I mean, I guess I'm asking, it has to be higher than last year because there's been a lot added over last year with different funding. So it's just a cost from current. It's not the same as last year. Correct. It's cost to continue plus adjustments for staff increases and things like that. So, Mel and Kate, do you want to talk through these next couple slides? Jerry, did, did we answer that sufficiently? Yes, yes, thank you. Okay. Yes. Melissa made it far simpler than what I was answering. Thanks, Melissa. Yep. And so this slide just shows of our total um, expenses, which are coming out to be just over that $22 million um, total. Uh, this is how they break down. And so to Janelle's point um, just a second ago, 85% um, of our total budget is our people, so personnel, uh, salaries, and benefits. Um, and then the rest is broken down across um, the two majors, supplies and purchase services. Um, you know, supplies is just under 3%, purchase services, and this includes all of our overhead costs, facility rental, um, our community agency contracts, which are some city-supported contracts that pass through public health are in our purchase services, um, are in that total. Um, as well as our you know, mileage, conference and training, consulting services, all fall within purchase services. Um, debt service sits at 1.6% of our total. That's that repayment on our capital projects. So that includes our, um, it's primarily um, our remodel here in the downtown office, as well as um, kind of minimal interdepartmental charges as well. So this breakdown is really consistent to where we've been in the past number of years. And again, it's um, what uh, we're able to provide and what we can deliver are really um, our people power. And so our budget reflects uh, reflects that reality. Kate, how many FTEs this? Yes, good question. Melissa, do you have that exact number in front of you? If not, it's right. Um, it had been in the 155 range. I can pull it up. Okay, thank you. Um, and then that's been shifting, though, as we had um, nine positions added to our roster last year, last summer, um, as part of the COVID response. Um, so that has been bumped up. Where you hear our hesitation in that final number is when we go back and forth with the um, bodies versus FTE and where that kind of finally flushes out and we want to be specific, but we are between 155 and 160, I believe, with the addition of those positions. Sorry. Yep, we're at 158.95. Thank you. So if there are no other questions here, we can move forward to the two decision items that we'll be submitting with this uh, 
budget request this year. And Janelle, I'll hand that to you. Yes. So um, as, as you know, building on your, your question, Robin, uh, we know that as a health department, uh, we, our people power is our strength of being able to deliver services when we aren't able to uh, move contracting funding into the community. Um, and we have, uh, are keeping our eyes on a variety of different funding streams that may be available to us in the near future in order to support building our infrastructure as uh, an agency. So, um, and I think we've mentioned in previous meetings where we're creating, you know, a list of um, kind of assessments of opportunities and gaps. However, given that those CARES uh, ARPA funds are not at the federal level uh, clear about what the rules are to use for those for public health infrastructure and our current additional funding around um, um, epidemiology and lab capacity dollars uh, that we had hoped to use to build some infrastructure has had a bit of a change in definition and criteria to narrow that. Uh, we had originally hoped to bring to you a proposal that would include quite a few more um, decision items related to the increase of people power in public health. And while those aren't off the table, they are off the table from the way that we are approaching that within the public health budget that we submitted for 2022. We will be submitting for 2022. So uh, what you see is that we will be um, asking to essentially create two new permanent positions through a supplemental budget request. Um, those are infrastructure supported positions. Um, as we know that the, the work in front of us um, and behind us and currently, right? Um, and our current work is, is vast and we need to create some additional um, financial billing and uh, budget and finance uh, capacity. So we are asking to create a senior accountant position to join Millicent's team. And then given the way that the city of Madison provides our IT support, um, and in conversations with them, we have long had on our list of uh, infrastructure needs to create an IT specialist type position. Um, and what that will look like is the creation of a position in the city IT department, but funded by a um, fund transfer to them um, by through our public health budget. Um, so that will have the benefit of all the resources of uh, the city IT department, but be focused solely on uh, the needs of the public health department. And then you will, so those are the kind of new decision items. You will also see uh, uh, when this goes through um, the budget process, kind of a reconciliation of the, of an, uh, this CARES position that we've already discussed with you that was added late in the year. So it will be added to the roster and annualized over the course of the next budget. So that is what is new for public health. And we frame that under decision items for next year. So any questions about that? And I won't bore you unless you'd like me to read and, and summarize that, but I think I gave you a summary um, if you didn't have any additional questions of the work of those positions. And we thought this might be, so that is kind of the budget. This is a budget element, but it is not through a supplemental request. 
um, and we wanted to bring forth some other budget related activities um, that you will see in the budget as well. So, but are moving through the process right now and I'll let Ariel speak to, to this. Yes, so we had an opportunity with the city and its ARPA allocation to submit a request. And so we asked on behalf of um, our violence prevention unit and team here to ask for some funding that could support a variety of things. Um, one of the biggest being um, the coalition. So we did officially relaunch the Madison and Dane County Violence Prevention Coalition um, on June 30th. And during that meeting, we asked them to take a look at the roadmap and create the essentially the priority list for 2022. What are some of the big things we want to start tackling first? Um, what are the things that may need some longevity attached to them in order for us to accomplish work in those areas? And so um, this ask incorporates funding to support that coalition work that may require funding to get it off the ground. Um, it does also ask for a little bit of infrastructure support for the violence prevention team here to support just our kind of general violence prevention infrastructure, including a communication tool for our CSIT or our community safety intervention team, just so that all of those partners have a safe and secure platform to communicate on about critical incidents, um, and also put in a little bit of funding um, for a data management tool, which also did come out as a priority within the coalition. And so as Janelle mentioned, this is um, a not a formal supplemental ask, but just another thing that's moving through a different budget process um, through the city. And we asked for a total of $1.2 million um, currently on the table that is being, I believe, voted on July 20th at council is the initial ask of $160,000 to be added to the 2021 budget, with the remainder of that $1.2 million being allocated in the 2022 budget. Happy to answer any questions about that. Could you explain again, Ariel, what the difference is between the 160 in the initial and the 1.2 million total? Yep. So the 1.2 million in total, the way we were asked to look at it is like over the lifespan of ARPA. Um, this is where I have not been up to date today, but for the last check-in I did, uh, the city was still looking for clarity from U.S. Treasury on like what the timeline is for when they can spend these funds. So right now we're kind of looking at 2022, but it looks like if we don't spend the entire funding, we may have opportunity in 2023. So the 1.2 is kind of over the span of the project. Um, and what we did was ask for $160,000 to be added to the 2021 budget this year so that we could buy some of those tools I just talked about of like the communication platform tool um, and the data management tool this year and also allocate some seed funding to those coalition priorities to get them off the ground kind of in advance of 2022 if possible. So the Thank 160 you. is a carve out of that total 1.2. But the 1.2 would still be to spend in 2022 or soon? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yep. <laughs> if I could add in, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that 1.2 will likely be invested back out into the community to achieve the priorities within um, that are being identified according to the VP framework that the coalition is um, identifying as the the 
first round of priorities, right? So that will likely not be funding that is kept within the public health budget, right? To support public health um, capacity building there, but to build the capacity to achieve the goals of the plan. I don't have any questions. Okay, um, so then the last piece that we just wanted to bring forward to um, the two of you today, Robin and Jerry, um, you know, we talked about our operating budget that we're submitting and that supports our ongoing programmatic work. We've talked about this um, allocation of City American Rescue Plan Act funding um, for violence prevention, and we know <laughs> in the midst of it all, we're still going to be working on COVID. Um, so I just wanted to give a really brief update on um, kind of where we are in terms of our COVID work as an agency. And then the final slide will just detail some of the, um, again, what, what we know to be true today um, as it relates to the funding streams um, that we have received and that we're anticipating to receive for our COVID efforts, COVID response efforts. So this slide details and, um, our vaccination and testing strategy now that um, the Aligned Energy Center has closed operations. And so we've transitioned our vaccination uh, plans to um, Monday through Friday operations, um, uh, appointment-based uh, vaccinations at our two PHMDC clinic locations. So on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at the South Madison office, um, and Tuesday, Thursdays at our East Washington office. We also have ongoing mobile vaccinations across the county. Um, that schedule looks really different week to week, but we're getting a lot of interest still from community partners across the county um, and scheduling out already into August in terms of um, mobile vaccination clinics. Uh, we've transitioned our testing footprint from AEC um, into a three-day-a-week um, operation at our South Medicine Clinic location. That's Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, with uh, Tuesday being extended hours, so noon to 8 p.m., um, as well as looking at our role um, for COVID testing within our community a little bit differently. So rather than uh, providing such a um, large investment and footprint in, in doing the testing ourselves, we've been able to create a network of sites um, to connect throughout the county, mostly of um, independent pharmacies, um, as well as a UW Health site um, for ongoing free testing to the community through the state's testing pilot partnership program. Um, so that allows a $20 reimbursement per test to those entities that are providing the test as along with a free test kit. And so um, and if you, through us as the fiscal agent, we've been able to uh, stand up and are continuing to stand up sites across the county um, and, and stepping into that assurance role of testing availability rather than providing it ourselves. Uh, we are still contact tracing, um, although good news is that team, um, there's fewer cases to follow up on, which is a good place to be. Um, those That is a team that is almost, I think, exclusively staffed right now by LTE COVID response specialists. Um, and we are also um, in the midst of surge planning, so really trying to be intentional and thoughtful about what the rest of the summer, what the rest of 2021 looks like and, and beyond. Um, we know that information changes quickly, um, but trying to build out 
um, contingency plans for a lot of the different scenarios that could come forward um, as it relates to VEX, to testing, to contact tracing, um, and staffing plans. So that's what we're busy at work on in our COVID response. Are there any specific questions here before I transition to um, more details about the funding? Kate, could you just explain if there, in terms of the response around addressing racial inequities, if there are community health workers or people doing kind of a neighborhood-based approach to addressing the racial inequities that we've seen? Yeah, I appreciate that question, Robin. Um, we have uh, reconfigured our vaccination team to include a community engagement team. And so this is a team that um, as we um, are scheduling uh, mobile clinics, we have a team that works and kind of goes out to work with um, you know, folks within that geographic location to just you know, build awareness that we're there, answer questions, kind of share um, uh, educational materials if they're asked for. Um, and again, continuing with um, the uh, to convene those grantees from the state's health equity grants as it relates to COVID um, vaccinations as well. Um, we've had a success, been successful in bringing that group together. Um, and so those are kind of two of the mechanisms that we have transitioned our operations to um, respond to exactly as you said, those pretty stark studies that we're seeing um, in Dane County. I don't know if um, other folks, if I missed any, if there are big gaps to jump in um, as well. I, I mean, I think um, just to, you know, reiterate maybe, um, you know, always working in partnership with other community organizations who may have relationships deeply in communities that we may not have or um, to support, you know, how do we uh, most effectively build trust and, and communications with, with folks to, in order to foster the opportunity for people to make their own um, informed decision about vaccine when we are when we are in that space to provide that service. So um, not something that we do independently, uh, mm -hmm. definitely a huge part of our work, but done um, as, as much as we can in coordination and partnership with other folks across the community. So. Thanks, that's really helpful. Um, I think just trying to reach people where they're at and having the option to answer questions. I, I'll just say as a in the healthcare setting and at some of the vaccine mobile pop-ups that I've worked at, I've been hearing a desire from community members of color to be able to access information at a place that's not giving vaccine too. So I think sometimes having those be separated can be helpful for people if they're not ready yet um, or just want to be able to ask questions. So it's helpful to have multiple options available. So thank you for explaining the latest and making that available in the community. That's helpful feedback. Thanks, Robin. And we'll um, bring that back to our community engagement team as well. Uh, thank you. If there are no other questions on you know, our current operations, I just did want to share uh, 
with the group. Um, this is a little bit of a busy slide, but it's the active and potential COVID-related revenue streams. Um, just uh, built out in a little bit more detail for you. So the first three rows detail funding sources that we already have in hand. Um, first is uh, FEMA public assistance funding. Um, this uh, That funding mechanism is available um, across a variety of, um, kind of uh, named disasters, but this was distinct in that we were able to apply for an expedited request and that that request or our kind of proposal for that came before this body as well um, but we were able to um, rather than seek reimbursement months and months and months down the line we were able to get um, some funding right away and did receive a check for 1.2 million of that projected 6.8 million um, award um, uh, just a couple weeks ago so that covers all of our vaccination efforts, um, the AEC site, our mobile clinics, um, and it's 100% federal cost share. Right now that's approved through September of 2021, but we will be tracking that to see. Um, we would anticipate there to be uh, efforts continuing beyond that, and so we'll, we'll be tracking to see if we can still submit for reimbursement for our vaccination efforts beyond September. The second uh, row details the testing pilot program that I referenced just a few minutes ago. Um, this is the program that we utilized last fall as well, stood up by the state uh, to provide reimbursements, a $20 per test reimbursement uh, for each test administered. So when we did our initial calculation uh, I think in January, we were estimating about 2.2 million in estimated reimbursements for PHMDC over the course of this year. Um, that is also approved through September of 2021. We would anticipate that to be approved, um, but they're kind of going on a quarter by quarter um, approval schedule. So hopefully next month we'll, we'll be able to, that deadline will be kicked out again and we can continue um, in that testing pilot program. The epidemiology and laboratory capacity grants, those came in earlier in the uh, spring and kind of winter into spring, um, totaling $5.3 million. They have a uh, kind of life cycle um, through October of 2022. Um, we now know that those funds um, are more specifically tied to COVID response activities. Uh, we do anticipate because we have um, a good number of permanent staff still uh, active in providing response functions that um, this some of this grant funding will increase our fund balance similar to uh, what we saw with some of the grants coming through last year. Um, we'll also put our kind of LTE, all of our contact tracing, uh, as well as our data team and some of the other uh, COVID response-related activities outside of testing and vaccination against this epidemiology and laboratory capacity grant. The two kind of big unknowns for us are those last two rows. Um, one, we do anticipate a disbursement of the American Rescue Plan Act or ARPA funds um, coming directly to PHMDC. Um, we're really hopeful about this, um, you know, potential uh, revenue stream uh, because there there was that uh, clause in the act um, that 
there's money dedicated to build the public health workforce. So, you know, we've got kind of our list of where we have seen gaps in um, our critical public health infrastructure, and we're kind of waiting for more guidance um, and as funding estimates to be released there. Uh, we also anticipate increased an increased allocation of the public health emergency preparedness grant. So again, um, we think that this could support the creation of some time-limited positions to support some of these infrastructure needs, but to be seen the scope um, and breadth of that too. So we will, uh, we had hoped to have more information for you uh, about those two components at this point in the summer, but we just are still in the dark, um, but we'll be sharing information with you as soon as we get it. So that is all the slides we have. Um, we'll open up if there are funding related questions or just more general questions around um, any of the previous slides that we've gone through. Um, I just had one question. In the past, we had talked about the community grants, and I'm not remembering the exact name, but there were community initiatives that were funded and there had been an interest in seeing whether there was a possibility to increase those. And I understand that the instructions at this point are with the cost to continue and that with there's IRPA on the horizon. In this budget, are the community grants level funded or what was the funding for those? Yes, thanks for raising that. Um, there have been no changes to that. so. Um, in this budget maintains cost to continue um, there and just a reminder that those funds are still only supported by the city so can only be applied to organizations that are serving in the city of Madison so um, I think there are opportunities through the budget process for the Board of Health to still influence that outside of the submission of the department's budget through um, conversations at the finance committee or um, personnel and finance committee and, and through the, the larger processes if there is a desire to continue to move that and make changes there. But we did not put that forward as any additional requests at this point. So I have no questions, and I will make the motion to accept the budget as laid out by the staff. Is there a second? I'll second the motion. Is there further discussion? Seeing no further discussion, all those in favor, please respond by saying aye. 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 All those that do not approve, nay. Okay, so that does that does pass. Uh, I am not aware of any other business. Am I missing something? Uh, Devin, are you still on there? Am I missing something? Is there anything added? Janelle, anything you want to talk about since we're here? No additional items. Okay, uh, then I am open uh, for a motion for adjournment. I'll make a motion to adjourn. And I will second. All those in favor, please respond by saying aye. 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 Okay, we are adjourned. Thank you very much.